Hello, and welcome to Backstage Pass, the community theater podcast that provides an exclusive look behind the scenes of local productions in central New Jersey. I'm your host, Dan Maurer. In this webcast, we'll be talking about Neil Simon's popular coming-of-age comedy, Brighton Beach Memoirs. This new production, presented by Maurer Productions on stage, opens on Friday, October 3rd at the Kelsey Theater in West Windsor, New Jersey. Set in the shadow of the Great Depression, Brighton Beach Memoirs tells the story of Eugene Jerome, a 15-year-old boy from Brooklyn who is just coming to terms with puberty, girls, the looming threat of World War II, and his extended Jewish family. Through journal entries, the aspiring young writer begins to understand the hardships of life, the need for family, and the humor in it all. My guests today are the director, Alicia Bouch Cantor of Ewing, New Jersey, 13-year-old actor Dominic Snelli of Levittown, PA, who plays the role of Eugene, actress Jennifer DeVinio of Monroe Township, New Jersey, who plays Eugene's mother Kate, the matriarch of the family, and actress Lita Gilbert of Yardley, PA, who plays Eugene's aunt Blanche, a widow learning to reclaim her life after the passing of her husband. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You know, you guys have just finished up uh, doing a run-through of, of Act One. It, it, it looks great, and it reminds me of how much fun the, uh, the show really was to, to watch in the past. I'm, I'm curious to know from you guys, did, despite the, the many successful plays that Neil Simon has written, Brighton Beach Memoirs seems to have become one of his most popular in recent years. What do you all think it is about the play that resonates with audiences? I think it's just because there are so many situations that ring true in in real life. You know, when when you watch something happening to someone else, I think it uh, it makes you feel like your life isn't quite so crazy. (laughs) You know, but you've got all the all the coming of age issues and, you know, the the kid who tries to do something good and it goes wrong. And I agree. I I think that it's very easy to relate to the situations in the play. Yep. Do you, I mean, do you see uh, situations from your own life that, that, that mirror things in the play? I mean, Dominic, you're 13, you're playing a character who's, who's 15, you know, surely you're sort of facing some of those issues. Yeah, I think it's a lot of, like, you know, the, the family problems and, you know, everybody discussing at the dinner table. And Eugene is kind of like me in a, in a certain way. Like, I have to do the chores, the relationship with my mom, you know, it's good, but she drives me crazy sometimes. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's re- very easy to relate to in my life. Great. Alicia, when you were looking at plays and talking with the company about plays, what was it about Brighton Beach that made you want to direct this play? Again, I think it's, it's very much the same reasons. It's something that's easy for people to relate to. Um, it's funny, which uh, for anyone who knows me knows I'm a big fan of comedy and everything has to have a happy ending or I'm not satisfied. It's, it's something that I have enjoyed reading and I've enjoyed seeing and uh, so I like it. And, and <laughs> how do you all think it compares to other Neil Simon plays? I don't think it can match any other ones you've written because it's so good and so easy to relate to that I think it's, it can't match to any other ones. Yeah, I think, I think this play in particular has a lot of elements that that have a timeless kind of quality in that you have relationships between extended family members, between a nuclear family, relationships between sisters, you have you know a mother who worries, 
you know, trying to raise kids. You have, in essence, a single mom trying to raise kids in, a, in an environment where there's war looming, which sounds awfully familiar, uh, you know, and, and really has pieces that folks can connect to in, in current times, mm -hmm. uh, more so than some of the other plays. Is, is that what drew the three of you as, as actors to want to do this show, or were there other reasons or challenges or interests that made you say, I really want to audition for that show? Well, for me, there aren't too many parts in community theater for someone who's not in their early 20s. <laughs> so, so that was an attraction. Aren't you 23? Too. Uh, sure, <laughs> on paper. <laughs> I agree. Over the last couple of years, I've auditioned for several shows and been told in a very nice way that I was too old. So this uh, offered an opportunity to play a, a woman who was older and more mature and dealing with issues that I hadn't had the chance to deal with in the other plays that I performed in. Same with me too. I've been. You wanted to, you wanted be, to be an older woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Um, I've you know auditioned for things and they told me I'm too. I I look too old for a 13 year old boy and, but for this I could really look my age and act my age and not portray somebody younger. Watching you all go through your first run through of Act One, clearly Alicia, you've got a dynamite cast. So um, could you talk a little bit about the casting process and what some of your thoughts were in, in terms of putting together the cast? Well, the casting process in general, at least for me, when I read a script, I like to get in my mind some idea of what I expect the relationships to be between the characters, how do I see these people. And I would say it's the relationships between the characters that probably makes the biggest difference. Very often people come to you and they say, oh, what are you looking for in this person? And do you think I'd be good for this role? And my first answer is, well, it depends on who else auditions. Because I have to see, do you look like someone who will play well in character X if I have this other person playing character Y opposite you? How will you play that off? And particularly in a production like this one where the relationships are so extremely important, you want to see how well will this person be able to interact, how well will they be able to express and demonstrate the emotions that happen between all of us. People often say one of the hardest things in acting is to be yourself. It's very easy to play a character, but when you have to be a real life person, uh, that can be very tough and that's exactly what these people are. They are very real people and not only do they have to be real for the audience, but they have to be real for each other. Mm -hmm. And, and as actors, how did you find the, um, the audition process, particularly for this show, or getting ready to audition for this type of show? Well, I found it helpful to have a choice of monologues from the play itself, give you a chance to, to sort of um, get a flavor for the character, uh, rather than sort of present a, a monologue that didn't have any, anything to do with this type of a play. I found that that was was useful to me. Um, I thought what also helped was all the uh, descriptions of the characters. You you walked in there knowing what the show called for and so you auditioned to what the character uh, description said. And a sense of those relationships yeah. too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's talk about the characters in, in, in the play. I mean, um, you, Eugene, you're, you're 
Dominic, you're, you're playing Eugene, um, you know, a, a boy who's 15 growing up in 1937. Uh, do you, how is it? How is it different for you growing up today versus Eugene growing up in 1937? One thing that I think is different is he just walks out of the house like he doesn't even ask permission. Like now, he ha I'm going over. I'm going out in the backyard. So that's one thing I thought was interesting. Like he just, you know, he leaves and he does pretty much not whatever he wants, but whenever he wants to go, he goes. He doesn't really ask or anything like that. And you talked about how, you know, there were some similarities between your, your life and, and you know, what you're going through at your age in your life and what Eugene is going through. Are you taking advantage and using some of the things from your life when you're trying to put yourself in, in Eugene's shoes? Yeah, like having to move like in a cramped space. It's, <laughs> we, when we have like five people in a house <laughs> at one time, you know, only one bathroom, it's kind of, all right, well, I, I'll wait for you, you know. But um, yeah, stuff like that. The brother, you know, I have a, you know, I have two of them younger. So um, no older siblings, no older, no older uh, the teenage cousin. In, in the no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, having to have a relationship with my siblings and all that. Jennifer, in, in your role as, as Kate, she's a tough woman. She's the family matriarch. She holds things together. She's very forceful, almost domineering. How do you play a character like that and still make her sympathetic and real? Well, I think of her as strong more than I do tough. I do think of her as the glue that holds the family together. She's, you know, she's fiercely loyal. She's very protective. She's trying to raise her children with good values and, and good behavior, so that requires some discipline. But clearly she, she has a, a soft spot for her family and, and it's very clear how much she cares about all of them. And I think that's her softness. Mm -hmm. You've talked about how there aren't many roles like this for an actress. Uh, of your age, you know, in community theater. Have there been other roles in the past that, that are similar or roles in your life that are similar to Kate's role in this family? Being an aunt with nieces and nephews and living with, with my sister during summers in college and her kids being small and running around and, you know, a small space yeah. and all the, all the things <laughs> that you inherit a family, you inherit their problems, all of that <laughs> uh -huh. you, you can relate to and, and trying to keep the kids in line and love them and, and uh, teach them. That, I think, parallels. Mm -hmm. S speaking of Blanche and that relationship, when you look at the play, it's a comedy and there's a lot of laughs, but there's also these dramatic beats and, and the relationship between Kate and Blanche and how they sort of come to terms with, you know, in a lifetime of a relationship that wasn't quite in sync is really important. That sort of brings me to, to Lita and how you're sort of tackling, you know, that role. In the story, Blanche is very much submissive to the stronger character of Kate. And you don't strike me as a very submissive person. So how do you find a way to get into the, you know, the persona of somebody who's so opposite of your character, so withdrawn? I keep trying to find uh, a weakness in myself because I was raised by older parents who had already raised two teenagers. So I actually do have a sister who's 11 years older than I am. So as far as that relationship, I have that down. She mothered me. My brother was like another father or an uncle. And I do really relate to that portion, but it is kind of hard 
uh, to come to terms with with a weakness when you've lived a life that you've had to be so strong in. Um, but I'm really starting to understand that Blanche, her weakness comes from always having these people take care of her. Whereas I was more of an independent child. They mothered me, but I was very independent and mm -hmm. in just my personality. Blanche was one to take advantage of the situation of having an older sister and parents who were doting on her. Mm -hmm. Brighton Beach Memoirs focuses on the dynamics, the, the laughs, the love, the, the arguments in an overcrowded Jewish household in Brooklyn, accents included. So, <laughs> so we like that. Yes, we do. Well, that's that's my question: is is how do you how how do you as actors and as a director do justice to the characters' ethnicity without falling into stereotypes? That was my fear, actually, when we began this process, is to falling into stereotypical accent and still working on it. But I always believe that as you learn more about your character and the situation, you kind of fall into an understanding of who they are. And each of our accents is slightly different, not because we're all doing a different accent, <laughs> hopefully, but because, <laughs> but because we're all individuals and the characters are all people and their personality comes through in, in the dialect and accent as well. Mm -hmm. I was kind of fortunate in the sense that um, I have uh, a Jewish aunt who was brought up in Brooklyn. And <laughs> so in my head, I hear my Aunt Harriet. So that's, and for me, it's not so much, I, th I don't think of it, and, and um, Dominic and I talked about this a little bit, that I don't think of it so much as an accent as I do a rhythm of speaking yeah. and sort of a phrasing. So that's sort of my approach mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, and doing the accent, it's just my opinion, but it helps the jokes come off better. Like, it's, you know, for me, if you say it like, well, I don't know, what do, we, what do you want me to do? And instead, you know, it's that would be funnier than what you hear every day. <laughs> uh, uh, Alicia, um, did, I'm curious to know if, um, did you bring any of your experience growing up in a Jewish family to, to the show? I brought my experience growing up in a noisy family <laughs> to this show. Uh, my experience in coming from a family that was uh, extremely close-knit and yet we all drive each other completely nuts. I think it's what Jen was indicating about the accent, much more a personality than particularly the, uh, the heritage because oddly enough, well, a lot of people don't realize this or tend to forget while yes it is a Jewish family there's not very much of that that you actually see in the show pretty much the only references to Judaism are the ones that specifically talk about going, going to, to the, the synagogue going to temple and praying on Saturday if you changed it to I want the kids to come to church with me and you'll pray all day Sunday I don't think you would know it's just that Jewish people tend to be noisy and voice their opinions <laughs> <laughs> Some of those opinions are serious and some of those opinions are funny in the show. Um, so I think we'd all bow to Neil Simon if he were here in, in some respect. In Brighton Beach Memoirs, he's got you laughing one minute and then the next minute he cuts to laughter with a dramatic moment and then he's making you laugh again or smile yeah. again. So as director, as, as actors, how do you balance the comedy and the drama in the show, in a, in a show like Brighton Beach Memoirs? Well, life is a lot like that. 
-hmm. you know? So I, I think, again, coming back to your original question, that makes it easy to connect to because things, you can have a, a, a crummy day where one thing after, you just can't get it right. And no matter what, you know, you're gonna get blamed for it. It's just, you know, that's the way it happens. And then uh, something uh, unexpected and joyful will, will come about or, you know, something good happened to uh, somebody else in the family. To me, the, always that um, kind of counterbalance. Mm -hmm. it, would, it wouldn't feel uh, right if it were weighted three quarters drama and one quarter comedy, yeah. so. Very quickly it would come across as melodramatic or silly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the natural way in which he, he's, he's written it and, and how close he's come to reality and the, mm -hmm. and, the ebb and, and flow and the ebb and flow of life and the, and the, um, the, the little spices of life that, that really make it easier to, to manage the comedy and the drama. Yeah. And even in the two other shows that he wrote about the same family, this particular play does it much better than either Biloxi Blues or Broadway Bound. And I, I, I can't even explain why, but I did read both of them when I was looking at this show, and there's no, no comparison. For myself, I have to agree, and this is probably one of my favorite Neil Simon shows. So, which brings me to the favorites question. Going around the table, what, what's your favorite moment in the oh. show? Oh, I know mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you because everybody else has got a blank stare. Yeah. By far, my favorite moment is because I said so. That's why. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. I don't have children, and I look forward to it someday. <laughs> <laughs> to being able to say because to being I able said to say because I said so. That's why. And I think it's comical and just a slice of life because Blanche has no idea what else to say and because I said so that's why <laughs> that is the explanation, that is the explanation. <laughs> yeah. um, I have fun with the whole cookie exchange that's just that's one of you know my fun favorites. can you can you just briefly t tell what the cookie exchange is oh well it's that that mother's sixth sense mm. of when the child uh, has you know, misbehaved or done something that they've explicitly not asked or asked them not to do. So, you know, the eyes in the back of the head and uh, just, you know, the magical powers of, you know, moms, they know, they can see right through you, they sense it. That's that's fun to So this to is the scene with. where Eugene's off stage and, and he snuck a cookie and he walks through the room and... Yes, and I have not seen him and my back is to him, and yet I know. I know he has a cookie, and he's just dumbfounded at, you know, how could you possibly know? So. And you, A, knew when he was coming downstairs, even though you didn't see him, and B, knew that the reason he was coming downstairs was to get a cookie. <laughs> Mother's magic. But, yeah. how, how about you, Dominic? Um, I think I personally like when... Um, I'm explaining to Stanley about my dream that I had. You know, it's got it's got awkwardness like to the best. Like it's well, yeah. How'd you know? And it's I think that's my favorite because you know I have to you know catch myself from laughing because um, <laughs> Stanley's face and it, what he how he describes it is funny and it makes me laugh sometimes. And there's a yeah. lot of great innocence in that, that yeah. that's charming mm -hmm. too. Yes. And a, a piece that actually the entire cast was talking about earlier uh, during the dinner scene, well, oh. go back a little <laughs> bit before. 
uh, prior I, to... I'm the, sorry, is this your favorite now? or? Uh, no, yeah. I'll be honest. Okay. I, I don't know what my favorite is, but this is something that the, okay. the cast was discussing earlier. Um, Stanley asks his cousin Nora to talk about Abraham Lincoln to discuss <laughs> his principles, the, the principles of Abraham Lincoln during <sighs> dinner because Stanley has very nearly gotten himself fired over an issue of principle. And they're all sitting at dinner. The situation has gotten extremely tense. They're talking about Nora's problems and uh, Eugene's liver. <laughs> and everybody knows that, you know, everybody is just so horribly, horribly tense. And then Stan just comes out with, oh, yes, yeah, so, so that, that's what I hear about Abraham Lincoln. But, uh, <laughs> like, it just comes so out of nowhere, this statement about Abraham yeah, Lincoln. Lincoln. And his and, principles. Right. And the, the actors, the only one who really would have any idea why he said that would be Nora, who is much too wrapped up in herself. The other characters, for them, it needs to have come out of nowhere. So they should have no idea why he said it, but the actors know. <laughs> they said it's very hard for them because they can't look at each other or they'll just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hysterical. And, and you know, as, as I sat through, um, you know, the, the, the run through of, of Act One, the whole thing was very funny. And, and as, as you could all probably tell, you could hear me laughing out loud as you were saying your line. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it, it's a great show. I just wanted to thank you, uh, thank you all for, for joining me here on, on, on Batch, Backstage Pass. Um, the play is Brighton Beach Memoirs, uh, produced by Maurer Productions on stage and directed by Alicia Bausch Cantor. Uh, it stars Dominic Sinelli of Levittown, as, Levittown, PA, as Eugene, Jennifer Davinio of Monroe Township, New Jersey, uh, as his mother, Kate, um, Lita Gilbert of Yardley, PA, as his Aunt Blanche, James Houston of Boundbrook, New Jersey, as his father, Jack, Robert Fisher of Chesterfield, New Jersey, as his older brother, Stanley, uh, Kristen Bennett of Montville, New Jersey, as his older cousin, Nora, and Delia Bannon of Princeton, New Jersey, as his younger cousin, Lori. Brighton Beach Memoirs opens on Friday, October 3rd at the Kelsey Theater in West Windsor, New Jersey. For tickets, call 609-570-3333. That's 609-570-3333. Or go online to www.kelseytheater.com. This has been Backstage Pass. I'm Dan Maurer, and I want to thank my guests and my listeners for joining me.